I'm journalist Carolyn Osorio, and I invite you to join me and my co-host, Brandon Morgan, on our podcast, Criminal Mischief. From law enforcement officers seeking justice to victims' families seeking answers, every week there's a new case and a new victim whose story deserves to be told. New episodes of Criminal Mischief drop every Tuesday. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Yes, that's right. You can get farm fresh seasonal produce and easy to make recipes delivered right to your door every week. I always say this. I like cooking. You know, you wouldn't think that something like HelloFresh, you know, where they deliver all the ingredients and stuff. That's not for people who like cooking. That's for people who don't like cooking. Why would you get what's the advantage of someone who likes cooking? I'll tell you supermarkets you don't have to go to them <laughs> you know you go you look around they don't have anything you want you can't decide on what to eat none of that nonsense with HelloFresh. you go online you pick what foods you want there's lots of there's tons of delicious options they've got like healthy ones they've got unhealthy ones <laughs> you know which ones i would go for and uh then it arrives at your door and it's ready to go i like cooking i find it relaxing i've said that before you just take it out of the box it's got all pre-portioned ingredients so there's no wastage because there's nothing worse than being like oh yeah I need like one pinch of saffron and you have to spend like 20 quid or whatever buying like a tin of saffron and then like oh when am i next gonna use saffron sometime in 2026 and then your saffron's gone off and you're like oh what have i done why have i done this i should have just got takeaway i should have gone to a restaurant because saffron's so i'm so far off the talking points i apologize look it's ingredients it's ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week so they always from the farm that's pretty crazy so they arrive fresh all without a trip to the grocery store or the farmer's market. Farmer's market's not so bad as the grocery store, because that's on the weekends. I feel less stressed. You're just browsing around. That's okay. Regular cooking in the week, though? <clears throat> HelloFresh chefs really know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limon. Limoni? I don't even know how to pronounce that, embarrassingly. And pasta primavera. Pick your recipe favorites from 50 different weekly options and skip weeks when you need to. Change your delivery dates or update your preferences in the HelloFresh app. And you know why that's useful? Don't forget it when you go away on holiday or come back and you'll be like, uh-oh. How long's that box been there? No, you don't have to worry about that. Just go online, cancel it, you don't get charged. Easy. So you can go away on holiday and not worry about coming home to a box of Hello Not Fresh. What's the opposite of fresh? I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Decoding16 and use the code Decoding16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Repeat offer, vanity URL, and promo code Okie dokie. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Decoding16 and use code Decoding16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. It's highly encouraged to voice the following HelloFresh tagline. Very well then, I shall do that. America's number one meal kit. I feel like that could be, you know, you know how they used to do those stingers back in the day. Audio stingers, is that what they're called? You know, they'd be like, ba 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 Then the brand name. What am I talking about? You're not here for this. You want the podcast, which we're going to go back to right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another brand new episode of Decoding the Unknown. As always, hello, I'm your host, Simon. This is the show where we look at mysteries from around the world, around the internet, wherever, and we try to decode them to get to their true meaning because... As we always say, it's never ghosts, it's probably not aliens, and it's probably not a governmental conspiracy. Today, grave robbing for morons. Uh, the format here is uh, Kevin, today's writer, has written me a script. I have never read this before. We're going to read it and explore together. It's going to be f- I mean, I, I say it's going to be fun. I hope it's going to be fun. I've never read this before. It could be absolute rubbish. 
I mean, that would be disappointing. <laughs> Let's crack on. It, it probably won't be. I didn't mean anything bad against Kevin. I'm sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Don't know why I said that. Uh, afterwards, Jen adds some memes. She's also known as a video editor. But, uh, I don't know. I like- I like the memes. <laughs> we all did stupid things as kids. When I was in high school, my friends and I have allegedly driven around town with screwdrivers and hex wrenches to remove and collect various signs like no smoking, no trespassing, and superintendent parking only. Oh, Kevin, you bad boy! <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, uh, and then I'm like, Simon, you better at this point come up with an example of you actually doing something really naughty. And I'm like, I don't know, that was probably similar levels of naughtiness. <laughs> Whoever was in charge of naming streets in my town had a bit of a sense of humor, so signs like Drury Lane and Old McDonald Farm Road are highly coveted, though sadly we were never able to acquire them. There were limits, though. Fun is fun. But traffic signs, especially stop signs, were completely off limits. We weren't monsters. Oh my god, yeah. Can you imagine, like. <laughs> Like, stop signs are there for a reason. They're big. Are they octagonal in the States? In Europe, I, I pretty much every stop sign is like a giant red. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe nine-sided? That would be weird. Does that work? I don't know. Whatever a stop sign is, it's big, it's red, it says stop in the middle. And uh, you can you imagine removing one of those? And then you're just reading in the paper next day. It's like, yeah, the Johnson family were driving through a T-junction and someone removed the stop sign and they were plowed into by an HGV. Uh, or like a, a giant truck. Yeah, oh, that is something you will carry around with you for the rest of your... That is the sort of thing where, you know, like 20 years later, there's a... In, in a horror movie, 20 years later, the family's ghosts come for revenge. And it's like everyone in the car who stole the stop, like, stop sign has sworn themselves to si each other to silence. Man, can you imagine living with that? There are probably people like listening to this show living with something like that. Oh my god. <laughs> that would f eat me up inside. But also, kids are idiots. So, um, yeah, you're a better person today than you were yesterday. And you're definitely a better person than you were when you were a teenager. It's a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> oh my god. Savage. Simon, this is where we're starting the show. Oh, There's a big difference between annoying school faculty and opening up the town's newspaper to discover we had caused a fatal car crash. Exactly! Our actions may have been juvenile, but I grew up in a boring, boring town. So once the Bowlerdrome closed at 10pm, the only options in town were either being a petty nuisance or experimenting with narcotics. I do not regret choosing the former. I, I, I have no idea what a Bowlerdrome is. I assume it's some place where... Americans will be like, Simon, you don't know what Boulder Dream is. But, like, is this where, you know, American people go skating? Like, they skate round in circles, like they're on an ice rink or some shit like that. I don't understand this. Like, is that, or is that a roller drone? Who cares? My point is, I like that this is Kevin's, Kevin's boring town where he grew up had a Boulder drone. My boring town where I grew up had a supermarket, a pub, and a tea room. There was, li there was literally, there were pubs, but you can't use those until you're 18. There was literally nothing for a teenager to do in my village. It was in the it was in the like countryside, so there were woods, but all my friends lived really far away. <laughs> it, was, it was boring. We had a bowler drone. You know what I would have done for a bowler drone, Kevin? Well, a lot. 
I was going to say, I would have killed, but I wouldn't, because I'd, I'd find it boring as well. It's hard for people who weren't teenagers until the 2000s to understand, but when everyone wasn't equipped with high-speed access to all the world's information and entertainment at all times, we had to find ways to make do. Sure, there was the internet when I was in high school, but we were limited to dial-up access to AOL, and the actual c- available content was sparse at best. We didn't have YouTube, Netflix, and Hulu. We had GeoCities, Angelfire, and Tripod. Can you really blame us for resorting to crime? Yeah, when I... I mean... I, but back in the day, you'd look forward to getting onto like discovering something interesting on GeoCities. You'd be like, yes, I'm going to use the internet for half an hour. No one can use the phone. And my parents would be like, we need to use the phone. <laughs> Someone could be calling. And getting onto GeoCities and being like, well, this is amazing. Look how much stuff there is out there. Because like we thought it, we still thought it was amazing back in the day. However, not everyone chooses to allay their boredom with victimless, except for the superintendent's alleged crimes that would now be well past the statute of limitations. For some, the only respite from their en ennoy. <laughs> it's a short word and I don't know it. E n n u i. I don't know what that means. <laughs> One of my writers the other day used a word and it was like turgum vigorous or something and i'm like <laughs> i had to write and be like hey mate can you write this for people with smaller brains than you because <laughs> i have a small brain and i'm like i learned three new words he's a new writer i learned three new words in this script and when i read things it's like i like learning new words but people who are watching this they're watching it you know i make educational content it was for a war of graphics video so i make educational content but it's also supposed to be entertaining and i don't want people to have to look up words in the dictionary when they're watching my videos and he was like, oh, I didn't realize people wouldn't know that word. No, he wasn't. He was he was really nice about it. Fascinating diversion, Simon. Thank you. <laughs> uh, for some, the only respite from their NUI was to commit macabre, heinous acts that defile the very sanctity of humanity. Even the thought of writing these words is enough to make my skin, cr- skin crawl, but for some, the only way to they can find entertainment was by making home movies. Oh, God. <laughs> the video. The 26-minute video would later be called uh, Grave Robbing for Morons, and it began circulating on bootleg cassettes in the late 80s. It features a young man, probably a teenager, but possibly early 20s, giving a tutorial on how to rob graves for bones. Really? That's what you're robbing? I'd be robbing graves for, like, jewelry and I mean, I wouldn't be robbing graves, because, I don't know, I don't need to rob graves. I feel like that's... Can't you just steal? (laughs) Just go shoplift or something. Why are you robbing graves? That's probably a worse crime with less payoff. I've got another channel, Casual Criminals, where he's talking about, Leo, if you're going to commit crimes, at least commit crimes that are worthwhile in some way. Like murdering someone you really hate, rather than just murdering a random stranger. Stealing something valuable, rather than stealing something cheap. You know? Or, like, find out whatever the limit is (laughs) of, like, when it becomes, like, a more major crime. And steal everything up to that value. Or something like that, you know? Pro tip. He's wearing jeans and a leather jacket with his hair tied back in a ponytail, and he's recording in what looks to be a messy basement or workshop. One of the most captivating things about the video is that the speaker has a pretty severe stuttering problem, which gives the video an extremely entertaining quality. Ah, yes, Kevin, there's nothing funnier than laughing at people's speech impediments. What? (laughs) That was sarcasm. What else makes the video entertaining is how truly terrible most of the advice is. For Simon's sake, I'm going to skip past his advice and descriptions of removing body parts from the host, especially from bodies that have not yet decomposed. This has got to be fake, right? No one's filming this, because they... I mean, you're filming your crimes and then distributing it as a guidebook. (laughs) It's like literally how to murder. I mean, it's not not murder, but defiling bodies has got to be a crime, right? Yeah, it's gotta be. 
Funnily enough, kind of like a victimless crime, because the victims are dead. Some of the advice is probably accurate. Oh, uh, no, it's not victimless. If someone was digging up my family and, like, dead family and going after their bones and, I don't know, doing whatever they do with bones, I'd be like, yo, stop it. That's up, Jim. Some of the advice is probably accurate. There's a lot said during the video, and through sheer probability, at least some of it has to be correct. It's kind of how I feel about my videos. But there's also a number of contradictions and incorrect information given throughout the short video. The kid speaks with great authority and certainty about all sorts of various situations that you can encounter, while also admitting that the human skull that he held up in his hands throughout the entire video is only from his second grave robbing attempt. Unsurprisingly, he also admits to being drunk while filming this. Among the other notable pieces of advice are to make sure to bring a jacket in July to protect yourself from the cold, and that if you're robbing uh, someone high-profile's body like Elvis or Marilyn Monroe, to make sure you ask for a million dollars. Wait, so he's like doing this for hire? <laughs> he's like a grave robbing, go there and store me the bones of this person and I'll pay you this much? Also, why are you wearing a jacket in July? Is this in Australia? He also suggests asking for half upfront and then changing it to 25% and recommends wearing, wasting a lot of it before the crime so that if you get arrested, at least you got to have fun with the money. <laughs> Dude, this is a really bizarre guide. He goes on to give actual useful advice of not having any witnesses while then recommending working in teams. Note that there is a separate cameraman recording this for him. If you're going to be digging up a grave, he recommends a team of six people, three digging and three lookouts um tell you what i'll give you some better advice don't do it with anyone else because that's five other people who could possibly tell on you just go to somewhere where there's not a lot of people around and in the middle of the night like some sort of weird vampire in the event of a witness naturally the advice is to knock them out so they'll wake up and think that it was a dream <laughs> though he does say that you may have to kill them if necessary simon has a whole video on the today found out channel about how harmlessly knocking people out isn't a real thing like it is in the movies but even if it was i'm not sure why they would wake up and think it was a dream if i thought i saw a grave robber that robber then i suddenly woke up a minute later on the ground in the cemetery i would no longer think i saw a grave robber i would know that i did yeah and then i know he probably knocked me out didn't he because like number of times i've just randomly fallen unconscious and woken up and thought it was a dream never i don't think i, I mean other than being real ass drunk i don't think i've ever just like randomly fallen asleep in fact, I'm not sure I've ever been so drunk that I've just randomly fallen asleep. And I've been plenty drunk. Remarkably, the narrator makes no attempt to disguise his identity at all. At the end, he just introduces himself as Anthony Cass, and then after about a stutter stuttering, decides to leave off last names. <laughs> Probably a smart move, Tony. He goes on to thank his cameraman, Gino, who, who then turns the camera on himself briefly to smile, as well as thanking two friends, Taco and Pucci. Dude, if you just can you these guys as these guys seem like just to be dim like just not very bright because you may imagine making a video that's clearly a crime like you're telling people to kill people if they see you doing another crime and then you're giving instructions on how to crime and then you're like hey you just turn the camera on yourself and give it a wave it's like what are you doing that's insane while the movie is very much made as a documentary and instructional video and Anthony even promises a second installment, I can't help but finding it overwhelmingly ridiculous. So, why are we even talking about this if it seems so outlandish? Because those human bones look damn real, especially the female skull that he incorrectly identifies as male. I guess he didn't read the name on the grave that he dug up. Obviously, the actual skull isn't available to investigate, but the overwhelming opinion, including from both experts and experts, that's random YouTube and Reddit commenters claiming expertise but with no verifiable credentials ah the internet uh is that the human bones are 100 percent authentic regardless of whether anything anthony has to say about them is or not which uh i mean hang on i mean i held this skull up earlier in the video as a joke 
but this thing looks ridiculously authentic until you look inside and you see that it's like plaster of paris i don't know what do they make these things out of but it is insanely realistic um so yeah i don't know maybe real actual bone experts if i told you this was real would you be able to see on the video and be like i mean especially some like grainy 80s video this shit's even got little teeth stuck in the- it's so morbid isn't it <laughs> i got this when i went to an ossery i mean there were there were real skulls there but they they sold them like fake skulls in the gift shop which seems like <laughs> in retrospect it wasn't very tasteful to go to an ossery and then buy a fake skull in the gift shop was it simon <laughs> yeah well it's not very tasteful for them to sell it to be honest uh regardless of what anthony had to say about them or not uh the bones that 100 percent authentic that is since he only claims to have grave robbed twice thus far in the video it's possible that his story is true and his advice is just bad bad being based on being drunk and experienced and wanting to seem like more of a stud than he actually is though given these criteria i'm surprised the whole ordeal didn't end with the phrase i swear baby that's uh, never happened to me before <laughs> Ensuring your place in hell. Originally, this video circulated on bootleg VHS tapes, as was the star back in the 80s. The exact year can't be known for sure, but there is a VHS copy of Evil Dead 2 seen in the video, so the earliest this could have been made was 1987, and most likely it was made that year. There are reports that as early as 2009 there was a bootleg DVD available for sale called Ensuring Your Place in Hell. You can still find it for sale online, but everything in it can be found for free online as well, and it's not like the money would have gone to the creators anyway. This DVD contains four segments, each roughly half an hour, and the description on the back of the box boasts that it contains a collection of shorts so fucked up that they will ensure your place in hell just by owning them. The first segment of the DVD is grave robbing for morons, followed by mortuary of the dead, cooking with Huck Botko, and exploding varmints. I don't know what any of these things are, but I know there are some horrible videos out there on the internet that accident. Like I don't know, what am I trying to? Th- There's some horrible shit that I've seen online accidentally. I don't even want to mention them just because I don't want people to accidentally discover them themselves. But there was one which was a photo which I will never fucking unsee. And there was another one which was a video of someone dying. And it's like, I didn't look these up. These are just like the fucking horrible shit that you see on Twitter or something before someone manages to flagging and it taken down. And you're like, what the fuck? And then that sticks with you. And I'm like, those poor ass people who work as moderators taking that stuff down i don't know how you do it because i've seen two of them and i still think about it and it was years ago the video was years and years ago the image was a couple of years ago and i'm like oh my god why why would i be allowed to see this there should be a warning and it's way worse than this dude in his basement with the bones there were we'll get to those other films in a moment but there was another release of grave robbing for warrens as well an independent film company named king of the witches released a vhs copy of the movie though the exact date is hard to pin down the company was created by christopher bushi an independent filmmaker and and they are still in business though no longer selling this movie there was speculation that this was the Pucci character that Anthony thanked at the end of the video, and that he had a hand in making it. Christopher pronounces his last name Boucher, so seeing as they both spell and pronounce their names differently, it's unlikely there is any connection. Boucher would also have been approximately six months old when Grave Robbing for Morons was filmed, so I'm skeptical that he could have provided enough help in Anthony's criminal endeavors to warrant a special mention in the video. The theory was just ill-researched speculation that unfortunately caught on and continues to be reported. Yeah. 
yeah as an internet fact boy it's crazy how you know something is fake like we'll have made a video specifically debunking something and you'll just read that shit on fact websites and everywhere online people repeating it on social media and be like it's not true that's just not true i know it and everyone's just like wow great fact and yeah it's a bit depressing you just sometimes i just feel like i just make these up just do like yeah no, nah, it's true. Wait, there's that channel. Is it, was it Kevin called it out? Someone called it out where it was just like, no, no, no. All their like internet mystery true crime was just made up. It's basically just made up. It's like, wow. And when you search them on YouTube, the first thing that comes up is username exposed. And you're like, uh-oh. Back to the DVD anthology. Cooking with Huck Botko is a film about a man who hates his family and feeds them awful things such as cheesecake made with the blood of someone with hepatitis, oh my god, or a pie filled with ejaculate he purchased from a homo- he purchased from homosexual porn stars. Don't worry Simon, Huck Botko is an indie film known for making dark- indie film director known for making dark and disturbing mockumentaries. I'm sure that didn't make the description any easier to read, but at least it is confirmed fake. Yeah, no, it does make it easier to read because you're like, okay, at least I generally assume these these things are fake just because it helps keep me sane. <laughs> Exploding Varmints is a tongue-in-cheek video from a company that produced hunting tutorials. It's over the top and meant as a joke, but they are hunters, so the footage is real. If you're a fan of adorable little squirrels, I would not watch this. Still though, nothing mysterious. Mortuary of the Dead is the other film in this anthology of unknown origin. It once again features someone not at all concerned with concealing his identity, allegedly filming in a mortuary that he broke into. There are shelves filled with jars of preserved fetuses, barrels and barrels of limbs and disembodied heads, and large chests filled with entire bodies. That doesn't sound like a mortuary. That sound like sounds like a serial killer's basement. No mortuaries are like, what's this one for? Yeah, arms. That's the arm barrel. Mortuaries where they deal with dead bodies after, like, in where they have, like, on CSI and shit, right? That's a mortuary. I don't think they're cutting the arms off and putting them all in a specific barrel and just labeling it arms. This is a serial killer's basement, Kevin. Either that or it's fake. Probably fake. On a table under a cloth is a body, head and arms surgically removed. But to me, the most disturbing thing in the whole video was when he reached down and picked up a square blade for the bandsaw off the ground. The, ba- the blade was just lying on the ground, unfolded, with an al- and without the teeth covered in any way. Being familiar with these saws from my time as a butcher, I can't imagine medical professionals just leaving something so unsafe just lying around like that. Anyway, I find the time title to be a misnomer as it appears to be more of an anatomy and dissection lab than a mortuary. This video is believed to be completely real, and the person and location have never been identified but the movie is also extremely boring with no narration so it has not received the same attention as the more quirkier grave robbing video that is mega disturbing though if that's actually real that is really the most disturbing thing here not as disturbing as that picture and video that i saw but still pretty super f***ed up on August the 9th, 2014, Grave Robbing from Warrens was uploaded to YouTube, where it remains today. I guess nobody involved in the video wants to file a DCMA claim and out themselves. It started circulating around horror blogs, finally gaining, gaining viral notoriety sometime in 2016. Anthony Casamassima Anthony Casamassima was arrested in 1999 after boasting about his 15-year grave robbing career to an undercover FBI agent. Rule number two of casual criminalists, don't tell other people about your crimes. Yeah, that's a call to my other show, Casual Criminalist. We have the, oh, this this beautiful notebook is coming soon. It has all the, uh, like, the first 30 crime rules written inside on the uh, on the first page. And he's right, the second one. Is it the second one or is it, it's like the third one maybe? I'm not sure. It's high up there. The actor that finally got in court was stealing a nine-foot-tall, 500-pound Tiffany stained glass window from a mausoleum on the Brooklyn Queens border in New York 
which he then sold for $60,000. How are you stealing a 500-pound stained glass window? That's insane. Anthony never saw himself as a thief. He was simply liberating pieces of art that he'd fallen in love with from places where they were neglected and uncared for. He had stolen windows, pedestals, gates, and even urns. He also did not make grave robbing for morons, despite the many sources claiming that it was him. Um, also, if he loved these pieces of art so much, why is he then selling them for money? <laughs> he loves money more, doesn't he? It's like, I love this Tiffany stained glass window. It's beautiful in my living room. You know what I love more? A pile of $60,000. To start, Anthony was 40 years old in 1999 when he was arrested, and there's no way the guy in the video is 28. Not that the two look anything alike anyway. There's also no evidence of rumors that Anthony ever robbed bones from cemeteries. While there's no video available of Anthony speaking, an interviewer described him as both talkative and contemplative. It seems likely that would have been included in the story about their long interview at least in passing. Or maybe he got over his stutter later. Um, I think people get that treated, right? You can you can have that treated. I think. I'm not sure. I watched the King's Speech. They put marbles in that dude's mouth. I don't think that works. Um, but he doesn't look like him, which is the most important thing. While Anthony may have been a criminal, and he was, he did have a true appreciation for the pieces he collected. He took broken windows and windows from mausoleums that had fallen into disrepair to bring them home and restore. He argued that if no one was going to take care of them and there was no family left, who was he really hurting? While testifying against the person he sold the window to, part of his deal with the FBI, he became animated and indignant over what had happened. He had sold the window to a middleman, who then altered it at the request of the bar to add a sunset to another one all yellow section of glass. Anthony exclaimed, it was like saying, you know, I like the Mona Lisa, but she looks better with glasses. I know I shouldn't be rooting for the criminals, but this guy does sound like a bit of a legend. If the real Anthony was not the narrator of the video, why did that person say his name was Anthony Cass before his stutter cut him off and he changed his mind about finishing? Because there's more than one person with the name Anthony, maybe? He had the appropriate accent for the area, and at the end of the video, he claimed that his next target was Houdini, whose grave is located in Queens. By the time grave robbing for morons was filmed, the real Anthony would have been already active for three, for at least five years. If the narrator really had committed two acts of grave robbing and was looking to fence stolen goods, it's possible he may have become aware of Anthony's existence. The name may have either been done as homage to someone who he strived to become, or a misdirection to point the finger at someone who was guilty of robbing cemeteries, were the VHS to ever fall into the hands of law enforcement. Who would make this? I don't understand the motivation. I mean, I, I guess it just comes down to like people are a little bit crazy and dumb. But it's like, if you're a grave robber for stealing bones, what are you f***ing doing with bones? It's not the 19th century. You're not like selling them to medical school. Um, why are you doing this? And why are you making a video explaining how to do it? That way you're just A, committing a crime and B, giving yourself more competition for bones. It's weird. Say you love Satan. Say You Love Satan is a novel by David St. Clair released in 1987. The book is an extremely fictionalized version of the story of Ricky Casso, a grave robber and Satanist from Long Island who was arrested in 1984 for murdering his friends. The book was immensely popular, and I don't mean to stereotype, but the narrator of the video is a thousand percent the type of guy who would see a book called Say You Love Satan and immediately buy it without even caring what it was about. If you knew his local murderer, it likely, he likely would have sought the book out instead of needing to randomly happen upon it. Some of his advice, such as selling skulls to occultist magic shops, is identical to what is found in the book, though his prices were a bit off. There is a magic shop right I'm not going to give too many details. Let's say it's close to my house, <laughs> close to where I live. And it's so strange. I went in there once and it's a big shop. 
And there's all sorts of weird shit in there. There's like, um, those glass spheres. There's all sorts of like, I don't know, weird books. Like, it's like role play, but people think it's real. It's so strange. I was like, this is a, it's a, yeah. And then I left, but I'm like, this is a big shop in the middle of a city. People are into this. I walk past it almost every day. There's no hard evidence to suggest that the book inspired Antony's grave robbing or video, just circumstantial evidence and conjecture, but, but the timeline of events lines up perfectly. Also, I present to you Exhibit A, this photo of Antony from his home video. There he is! We'll put it up on screen now if you're watching at home. As we described, it's a dude with a leather jacket, early 20s, maybe 20, um, long black hair, can't tell if it's in a ponytail. Shitty VHS quality. <laughs> Just look at him. Tell me that's not a kid that's going to buy a book called Say You Love Satan and be influenced by it to do you stupid shit, especially when drunk. I don't know, Kevin. He says he doesn't look. I mean, okay, he is holding a skull, which is a bit weird. He is in a basement, which is a bit weird, but he, I don't know. He doesn't. I, I don't know. You're being a bit harsh on him. I'm also sure that most people who read the book didn't actually film themselves holding an actual human skull, so I feel justified in being a little more judgy and stereotypical than normal in this particular case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a bit weird. Look, but I mean, Kevin, he started off this video saying, like, we all do dumb as kids. I reckon this was probably like an elaborate joke or something. You probably, you can get human bones. I'm sure you can buy those legally. It's fine. I'm sure they have medical purposes. I don't know human bones are available i'm sure <laughs> if you're weird and this guy was just like let's make a weird home video because kids they do stupid shit. another theory is the boy in the video was a shady bootlegger from red hook in brooklyn who went by the name screws because he had a pension for screwing people over and that he's been dead for over 20 years i don't give this much credibility because the source is a single anonymous commenter in a youtube video and all subsequent mentions of this theory point to the single comment as proof <laughs> this, is, this is how these lies just get circulated it's like wait why are we taking this youtube comment seriously you've seen youtube comments before right you're familiar with the the idea most not most of them most of them are nice but there are, like, they're not factual. <laughs> it's Niall. Peer-reviewed. Wrap up. So is the video real or just a hoax or indie film? Who is the narrator that sat in front of the camera for 30 minutes, making no attempt to hide his identity, yet remaining unidentified 35 years later? I'd wager that this kid and his knucklehead friends may have gotten drunk, smashed open a mausoleum, and stolen a skull for laughs, but I expect the skull he is holding in the video is the last one he ever took. How he has evaded identification, however, is a total mystery to me. I think it's just because most people don't care. And then now, now it's 30 years later, and someone will be like, Hey, you look like that kid from that video that I just saw on the internet. I'll be like, it wasn't me. No, you look exactly, it wasn't me. The end of conversation. <laughs> it's 30 years. He's like 50. In the words of Jesse Pollock, an American author, filmmaker, and podcaster, Grave Robbing for Dummies is the holy grail of found footage. It checks off all the boxes. It was shot on VHS, no one knows where it came from, no one knows who's in it, and no one knows the fate of who shot it, starred in it, or distributed it. Once something shows up with that much mystery built into it, it's going to endure. Am I the only one who's like, it's a bit... I don't know who Jesse Pollock is, um, but I don't find it as interesting as Jesse does. I'm like, it's probably a joke. It's probably just a prank. Um, kids do stupid things. <laughs> Again, we're at one of these points in the videos where it's like, Simon, you should like play this up more. But it's like, I just want to be honest with it. I just want to like give it my 
actual two cents rather than being like, that's amazing. What a great story. I bet it was real bones. Because I know that's not how I feel inside. Bonus insane. <laughs> I just feel dead. Bonus facts. One. Do you like to collect human bones? <laughs> Who doesn't? Grave robbing is fun, but it is illegal. Well, next time you feel the itch that can only be scratched by someone else's skeletal remains, head on over to Skulls Unlimited. I wish I was joking, but this is a real company with a website from which you can buy real human remains. Offerings, of course, will be limited by availability, but right now you can purchase items like a single human femur, quantity, not marital status, a bag of human foot bones, or even top shelf research quality bones. That is f***ed up. I feel like I've heard of this website before as well. Number two, against all odds, Angel Fire, GeoCities, and Tripod still all exist. No, they don't. GeoCities doesn't exist. Really? GeoCities owned by Yahoo is still only available in Japan for some reason. Okay, that's weird. The other two web hosting services are alive and well. I don't remember Tripod. I vaguely remember Angel Fire. I feel like I made a website on GeoCities for a project at school once. Um, in fact, I'm certain I did, because I remember that GeoCities web builder, and it was old school. But it was easier than HTML. Or as well as they can be. Anyway, so anyone old enough to remember Angel Fire knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Number three. While Anthony Casamassimo was waiting awaiting trial, the nine-foot Tiffany window he had stolen was sitting on display in a museum in Japan. Since his arrest, Tiffany collecting has changed, with much more scrutiny placed on the provenance of items that come up for sale, rather than the don't ask, don't tell policy that Tiffany dealers went by for decades. I guess I'm own I guess one man really can make a difference. I don't know what Tiffany is. Is this some famous glass company? I feel like Tiffany don't Tiffany make jewelry? Am I imagining that? I feel like I know there's a company called Tiffany, but it's gotta be different to people who make stained glass, right? Or maybe not. Or maybe I don't care. This has been an episode of Decoding the Unknown. Thank you so much for watching. If you are or if you are actually listening, please leave a review. Spotify now does reviews for podcasts, which is great. Lots more people watch this show on YouTube rather than podcasts. So uh, if you want to leave it a review, then it gets in front of more people on the podcasts, which is fantastic. I appreciate that especially. Um, Yeah, and I also like reading your nice reviews. So thanks. And if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, and I'll see you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.